Welcome to episode seven of Confessions of a Casting Director, where you will hear advice, wisdom, and true stories from inside the audition room. I'm your podcast host, Jen Rudin. I am so excited for today's podcast episode, all about self-taping, the million-dollar question. How do I do a self-tape? Why do I have to do a self-tape? And I will talk about the differences between self-taping for a live-action audition versus self-taping for a voiceover audition. So stay tuned for this very exciting behind-the-scenes episode of Confessions of a Casting Director all about self-taping. Hi, everybody. So today's podcast episode is all about self-taping, which has really become the zeitgeist of our current climate for auditions. So just a little bit of history. Back in the day, and I'm talking about like the 70s, the 80s, the 90s even, we did in-person auditions. And that's how uh, auditions went. You got an appointment, you went to your agent's office, you picked up the audition scene, you took it down to the bodega, you made a copy, you brought the script back up to your agent's office, and then you went the next day to the... um, to the casting session and you would be videotaped. And then likely we would make three copies of the tape, like two half inch tapes and a three quarter tape and send via FedEx or UPS those tapes out to Los Angeles where our clients would watch the auditions. So we moved in a much slower uh, world back then. Um, Everything took a lot more time. You had to phone, agents' assistants to give them your appointment times. The agents' assistants would have to take a pen and a piece of paper, write down the audition time, and call the actor to let them know they had an audition. And then when the actor was confirmed, call back the casting assistant and tell the casting assistant that the actor was confirmed. So when I was a casting assistant and when I was an agent's assistant at Innovative Artists back in 1999-2000, I was on the phone all day. I would call every single time I got a confirm. I wouldn't wait till I had like 10 confirms with my appointments. I would call all the time. So we were always on the phone and we have these amazing phone relationships with the other casting assistants or agents assistants. And many of these people that I talked to over the years have now, of course, become casting directors and agents and managers on their own. If for some reason an actor could not make their appointment time, perhaps they were out of town, they were doing a regional theater production somewhere and they couldn't make it in for the audition, maybe, maybe they would ship, and by ship I mean UPS, FedEx, mail, a half-inch videotape. And for those of you who are listening who are very young, you can Google half-inch videotapes and VCRs and VHS machines. So it was in the rare instance that somebody would send in a tape if they couldn't make the appointment. When I was a casting executive at Disney, we were doing replacement casting for um, The Little Mermaid on Broadway and somebody couldn't, Jimmy Smagula could not make the audition um, for the chef, for Chef Louie. He was out of town doing another show. So he mailed us a tape. Actually, at that point, he had just emailed a tape and we all sat around someone's computer and watched the tape. And he actually got hired for the role. But that was one of the very first instances where there was a self-tape. So now, of course, as technology has increased, we are slammed with 
self-tapes. And I am a victim to it too. For me, it makes my job so much easier. I can do my first round of casting by requesting self-tapes and sitting in my office and watching them. And it's really great because somebody in Kentucky or somebody in Georgia or somebody in Louisiana or somebody in New Jersey has the opportunity to what I call, quote unquote, curate their self-tape, make a great audition tape and upload it to EcoCast or send it in. So on the one hand, self-tapes are great and it lets so many people get an opportunity to audition for something that they might not get an actual physical appointment time for meeting the casting director. So on the one hand, we can cast a wide net when we're casting a role and you can have an opportunity to audition for something that you might not get uh, otherwise. So in that sense, I absolutely love, love, love a self-tape. Um, it's really helpful because it makes my job a little bit easier. And sometimes I only have half a day set aside for callbacks or one day to do auditions or half a day to do auditions. And it really helps me be able to do a wider search for roles. So I actually do a lot of self-tape requests for both live action projects and voiceover. Let's talk about live action first. Right now, actually, I'm casting two projects. One is live action, one is voiceover. But let's talk about the live action self-tape. I think the first thing you should know when you get a request for a self-tape is to read the directions. Read everything really, really carefully. Because if you can't follow the simple directions necessary to send in a self-tape or upload your self-tape to EcoCast, how on earth am I going to be able to endorse you to go to the set? And I talk about this a lot in Confessions of a Casting Director. It means following directions, reading the details carefully. Sometimes I will attach a special self-taping instruction sheet, which includes how to label the self-tape, um, where we want the camera to be, if you should slate your name, age and height, if you're a minor actor or actor under 18, Sometimes we want to know your location. Sometimes for um, young actors, we need to know your date of birth. So whatever the instructions are, when you get a self-tape request, you absolutely need to read everything. Read it twice. Read it three times. Print out the self-tape instructions just the same way that you're going to print out your audition scenes. So once you figure out how many scenes you need to tape, if they want each take to be a separate video file or edited into one video file, read everything carefully and make a plan. Um, when I get really annoyed <laughs> watching a self-tape is when it's not labeled correctly. And usually the labeling means Jen Rudin dash, the name of the role I'm auditioning for. Um, and I don't care if it's caps or not caps, but usually I just want your full name and the role. And maybe it's take one and maybe it's take two, but for the most part, your name really needs to be attached to the videotape that you're making. Why? Because I'm getting thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of videotapes uh, submitted and I need to know that um, I'm watching the correct actor. And when I say submitted, I mean I'm getting videotapes emailed to me through WeTransfer or Dropbox or Google or um, any kind of uh, uh, way to send your videos. So read the directions and then read them again and then read them a third time. And then figure out what you're going to do and when you're going to tape. 
So the next important thing to realize when you are preparing to do a self-tape is that you must, must, must be off book. These days, to get anybody to watch a self-tape means that you um, <laughs> you need to be memorized. You basically need to do the role and show us that you're hireable, and that means you need to be memorized on the scene. The second that you drop down your eyes to look at your script, we're going to be watching the next tape. Um, people have very little patience, and I think that comes with technology and that comes with our obsessions with Instagram and our phones, like my phone just rang five minutes ago. Um, it's just really important to be memorized. Uh, how are you going to memorize? That's a different subject to discuss and not what we're talking about today. So today we're talking about how to make a great self-tape and what not to do. <laughs> what not to do, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So um, you want to be memorized and then you want to figure out who's going to help you with the tape. Do you have a roommate? Do you have a spouse? Um, in the quite Up until quite recently, the talent agencies had a taping room um, where you could go and an assistant would tape you and upload it and it would all uh, be much easier. Now it is almost required that you set up this sort of taping studio at home. And you don't have to spend a ton of money, but you do have to think a little bit about where you're going to tape and who you're going to tape with. So the most important thing is to find a solid wall in your house or behind a door. Um, solid, no, uh, no patterns, curtains and sheets are sometimes the texture um, is not great to look at. Uh, it's best to find a solid wall. I actually have a Botero screen. Um, B-O-T-E-R-O, -E that folds up. It's collapsible. On one side is a beautiful blue. On the other side is a green. And that is what I've often used for projects uh, or if I'm taping somebody for a self-tape um, at my studio. So a solid color wall. Uh, blue and gray are great colors to tape against because they really give you some color and make your eyes pop. And uh, taping against a white wall is not good for anybody, really, because it's going to wash us out. A lot of people have different kinds of lighting. Um, I think natural light is just fine. Some people have a lavalier wireless mic that they affix to themselves. I think if you've got a, um, a video camera or your iPhone, it's probably going to be okay for a basic self tape. Keep in mind that, you know, you're not making a movie. You're trying to make a great audition tape and hopefully this audition tape will let you have a callback. So it really does not have to be, um, a full, you know, production. There are places where you can go to get, uh, professional tapes. Um, I do them as well, but really I think you should use those facilities when it's like a huge movie and you want to make sure that it, it looks perfect. You can do this at home. You can do this with an iPhone on a tripod. You can buy a small little video camera. Tripods are really affordable on Amazon. I have two collapsible tripods. I think the brand is Sunpak, S-U-N-P-A-K. I can carry my tripods around with me. Um, it's no big whoop. So most cameras have an internal microphone, including an iPhone or a smartphone, and that's usually going to be fine because normally you're going to just be taping yourself from the chest up. So if your audition reader is also in charge of the camera, they'll go close enough that you should be able to be heard. Your audition reader should be very namaste. <laughs> they should not be upstaging you and your audition. Um, they are off camera. They are supposed to give you the lines, but it is not their audition and it is not their time to hog the show or upstage you. So I've watched many self-tapes where the audition reader is either somebody's mother or somebody who um, 
is just reading too slowly or somebody who is doing too much and it distracts me from watching your self-tape. I am watching your self-tape. I'm watching your eyes. I'm watching your face. I'm watching you tell a story and bring me into your story through your self-tape. And so that is really crucial that I am just focused on you. I do not want to be focused on anybody else at all. It's your audition. So keep that in mind um, that you, it's, it's, it's your audition. It's your audition. It's your audition. Um, it's nobody else's audition. It's yours. So be kind to your roommate. If they're going to help you out with the self tape, uh, you know, take them out for pizza or whatever, take them out for a drink, but remind them that, you know, just be chill when you read with me, give me the lines, but let me, you know, it's my audition. Um, so um, of course you want to think about what you're wearing because that's what you would do for any audition. You know, what does my character wear? What, um, what, what, uh, what is a presentable outfit? Should I lean, uh, clean up my beard? Should I get my hair, um, uh, blown out at dry bar? It all depends on what the audition is for. Um, I'm a big fan of not wearing anything sort of too distracting unless you're specifically auditioning for a co-star role where she's, you know, outlandish, crazy, um, bag lady. And then you might want to wear, you know, your bag lady clothes and have your hair all messed up. But in general, you want to try to present yourself as nice, clean shaven, um, as put together as possible. You really want us to watch you and watch your eyes. And when people are wearing loud clothing or, or lots of jewelry, it's, um, it's, it's a little distracting. Sometimes we want to see a full body shot of you. And I always say that this feels like you're going to jail. It's like you pull back the camera, you <laughs> um, go up and down. We want to see that you have, you know, 10 fingers, 10 toes. Um, we want to see that what you look like because we're not seeing you in person. So we often ask for a full body slate and you can either insert a headshot. If you have a headshot, that's a full body um, photo of you insert that in. That's great. If not, just include that full body slate. And because you've read the directions three times, four times, five times, you can include your slate with your introduction and what they want you to say. Usually it's just, hi, I'm Jen Rudin and I'm 5'2 and I'm reading for the role of Virginia or hi, I'm Jen Rudin. I'm 5'2. My um, scene partner pulls back, does the full body, comes in close. Um, sometimes we want to see profiles, not often, but sometimes people ask um, in their self tapes, and then you want to get into the scenes right away. So you can tape your scenes as different video files and edit them later on, um, but you really want to curate your best self tape possible. So I suggest you run the scene a few times, then you tape it a few times, and then you make a decision um, with what uh, take you like the best. And it's very hard for you to decide because suddenly you are a director, a videographer, <laughs> um, an editor, and it's hard for you as an actor to be objective about what you, how you best present yourself. I usually say that the third time's the best. So, which basically means don't tape the darn audition 25 times. Tape it a few times, make a decision, get on with your day. And you're making a decision based on the choices you've made with your scene and uh, the pacing, if it's a half hour comedy, a one hour drama, if it's law and order, it's probably going to be two lines, uh, a really quick audition tape, but make a clear decision about your playable actions and what's happening in the scene, make a decision, be memorized, tape it, and then get on with things because you obviously have more self tapes to do or homework if you're a young actor or, you know, you're, you're got to go back to your job. 
Um, so don't linger too long in the, the tapes because, you know, in the audition room, we only really let you do it once, twice, maybe three times. So, um, don't go crazy and do it a thousand times. You're going to drive yourself nuts trying to sort out what the best take is. So we've talked a little bit about equipment. We've talked about being memorized. We've talked about the pacing and figuring out what to wear and reading the directions so you know how to make this tape. And now let's talk about what to do with the clips. Um, some people can edit everything in their phones through iMovie. I think that that's the simplest program. You can actually go into iMovie. You can create cross dissolves. You can edit the whole thing together as one beautiful exported MOV file. Um, you could certainly use YouTube and Google to find these tutorials for the easiest way to edit your audition tape. Um, and then you export it as an MOV file and you send it to uh, your manager, your agent through WeTransfer or Dropbox or Google or Hightail, which used to be SendSpace, I think, a thousand years ago, or you upload it to Ecocast. So currently I'm working on a production where we are having everything uploaded to Ecocast and there's usually a deadline. So um, that's my alarm again. I'm going to stop my alarm, which is telling me <laughs> that I have to be somewhere. Anyway, I really do want to finish talking about the... Uh, about the self-taping because it's just the bane of everybody's existence. And it's truly, um, it's truly uh, something I am dealing with on a daily basis as my self-tapes come in. So if you have a deadline for a Friday at noon on Ecocast, please, please, please upload your video or send it to your agent long before that noon Friday deadline because my link will expire and you will no longer be able to upload your audition to Ecocast. So um, you want to do it in advance. And again, you must, must, must label your takes with your name and the role. And whether it's your intro, your slate, your song, scene one, scene two. Um, I usually don't care on Ecocast about everything being in one uh, MOV file. You can upload separate takes, but just, you know, make sure that your name's attached um, so that I know who I'm watching. Um, and you're memorized and, uh, you're going to maybe get that Spotero screen, maybe get a tripod, maybe get a little video camera if you don't want to use your phone and, um, and off you go and you're done. So the other important thing is to make sure you've watched your video before you send it to somebody or upload it anywhere because you don't want the casting director to, uh, to be unable to download or watch your video, which has happened four times today on a project I'm working on. And then I have to call the agent and it's very frustrating and the actor has to read tape and we've wasted a lot of time when I actually need the tape and need the tape to work. Um, so that's the live action portion of sending in these tapes. It can be extremely stressful. You guys, I know how stressful it is because you have 13 pages of scenes to memorize four scenes to do. They send you everything at nine o'clock at night and everybody wants it by like 9am the next morning. Um, you just have to quit everything you have going on and remember that you're an actor. So when you get these requests, it's an opportunity to act. It's an opportunity to do the work that you love. It's an opportunity to show us what you can do and that you are really ready to be hired for this part. So try to embrace self tapes and look at them as fun. And if you read all the directions carefully, I guarantee it's going to be a lot less stressful than, um, than, uh, than, you know, it looks. So that's our segment on live action self tapes. 
Um, if you have any questions, you can always go to jenrudencasting.com and send a note through the website or shoot me up on Instagram. It's J. And when I come back after the break, we are going to talk about MP3s and voiceover videotapes, uh, voiceover MP3s, because that also uh, is very specific. <laughs> and there's different uh, ways that you can you can make a great MP3 and also um, drive me nuts by not uh, labeling it correctly. So we'll see you after the break. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Okay, so just a few <laughs> final thoughts about self-taping. Uh, I've just spent last week looking through and watching probably 500 self-tapes for a project. And the most important thing I need to stress again is to pay attention to the directions. So for instance, if we say that we want it all as one MOV file or MP4 file, please, please edit all your clips into one. If we say that we want you to name your file genrudin dash the role name, please do that. Um, I spent a lot of time last week editing people's uh, files together, which um, which I don't mind doing, but I, I really don't have the time to do. So editing software is easier than ever. Uh, you can do a lot of this using iMovie on your phone or on your computer. You can watch YouTube videos on how to edit these clips together. You can also make a title card. There's uh, ways that you can really make your tapes look beautiful. Of course, I do offer in my coaching, um, I do make bunches of self-tapes for people. So if it is a huge audition and it's really important, please reach out to me at jenrudencasting at gmail.com or through my website, jenrudencasting.com, and we can happily set up a time to do your self-tape. Um, my hour includes coaching, taping, and then edit, upload, delivery, all of that included for um, for an affordable fee. So um, it's really important to be professional. You just can't send clips that aren't labeled and um, you need to follow directions. So we are now going to move on to my next favorite topic, which is the MP3 and the voiceover self-taping. Life has gotten so much easier for voiceover. There's affordable software, there's free software, recording software like Audacity or GarageBand, or just using the voice recorder options on your iPhone or your smartphone. You can make MP3s so easily and export them and name them and you're done. So similar to the on-camera self-tape, when you get a self-tape for an animated movie, TV show, or commercial, read, 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 read as much information as is provided to you. Now, most of the time when it comes to a feature animated movie or a video game, um, there's a lot of non-disclosures that we need to sign. And so by the time the audition arrives in your inbox, you're probably only going to get one page of the script and you might just get the lines pulled from a final draft script. Final draft is the software. You might get, if you're lucky, 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 a picture of what the animated character looks like and then get the lines. You might get a character description of the character and then the lines, or you might just get a few lines and you have to sleuth around and figure out what you're going to do to make this MP3 audition. So obviously commercials are much easier because it's Tylenol or Excedrin or Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's. And so, um, um, I like to uh, usually start my voiceover classes with commercials just because it's a great place to start and they're deceivingly easy, but actually quite difficult. But regardless, if you have to send in an MP3 for a commercial, 
make your make your choice of your takes and send one and label it and off you go. So making a self-tape for animation can be a lot more challenging only because you don't necessarily know what the genre is for the project. Um, so if you have a voiceover agent, you can ask them as many questions as possible and they will get you the answers that they can. If it's a random um, submission or email that you get, ask if there's a full script available, ask if there's a character description, just so you can figure out the tone and the pacing for the audition. And then you just have to go for it. Usually I find that if you tape it three times, the third take is often the best. If you tape and tape and tape and tape and record and record and do 30, um, chances are your best ones are going to be from your first few. So do not spend five hours in your <laughs> in your closet or in your bathroom or in your bedroom recording your MP3. Um, you need to make these auditions. They need to be done quickly. They need to be labeled properly and off they go. Um, in addition, if we say we only want one take, send us one take. If we say that we will listen to multiple takes, great, you can send multiple takes. But again, please pay attention to the instructions. As I always like to say to actors, if you can't follow simple instructions for the audition room, how on earth can I endorse you to go to the set where nobody is gonna be able to spend time with you? So follow the instructions. Um, many times people ask me if they should slate in voiceover character or slate in the real voice. And you're gonna hear so many different opinions from uh, various casting directors. I like to hear people slate in their real voice because nothing makes me more agitated than hearing, I'm Jen Rudin and I'm playing a <laughs> bunny rabbit. I would much rather hear Jen Rudin and then go into the, uh, the character. If it's an animal that requires different animal sounds and those are listed in the scripts, we call them efforts. If that's the case, then you should absolutely do those efforts, do the noises, do the laughing, do the animal sounds. If you can't make those animal sounds on your audition, how are you possibly gonna do them in a recording session when there's very little time and you're actually hired for the job? So follow the instructions. Um, play around with the different voice recording uh, software that you have in your phone, name your files and email them off to your agent. And uh, you can see uh, that making a self-tape for voiceover is a lot easier than it is for um, for doing a live action uh, a live action audition. There are different microphones that can connect to your, um, iPhone. And if you want to invest in one of those, that's great. Um, don't spend $500, but you know, spend 150 at the most. You should be able to uh, see and hear the difference. Uh, if you want to record with headphones on, great. If you don't want to, that's okay too. Remember, you're just trying to make a really simple audition tape. And if you get hired for the role, you'll be in the recording studio where everything will be much more formal and there will be much more expensive equipment more editing equipment and um, headphones and all of that. So those are my tips for self-taping. It is a never-ending catch-22. Um, we all love self-tapes because it lets us watch and listen to thousands more people than we ever would have the opportunity to meet in person. But it also requires you to now be your own director, editor, producer, audition reader, and all of that. So it puts a lot more pressure on you, the actor. Not only do you have to do your acting job, but you also have to fulfill these technical requirements. Um, 
As I mentioned earlier, get yourself a Botero screen at B&H. That's B-O-T-E-R-O. It's a Botero screen. It's blue on one side, green on the other. Get yourself um, some affordable microphones that plug into either your iPhone or a lavalier wireless mic. Or for voiceover, you can find really affordable microphones that connect to your phone and off you go. So you're investing just a little bit of money into your software, um, but you're not by any means building an entire home studio, unless that is something that you really want to do. So comments, um, rate and review this podcast. I'm so happy to be doing this and sharing information with all of you. If there are topics you would love to have me cover, please find me at jenrudencasting.com. Um, find me on Instagram at J. And if you love this podcast as much as I love to make it, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast content. So I will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks and good luck, good luck, good luck with all your self tapes. Thanks for listening. So thank you for listening to our episode about self-tapes. I promise we will do some follow-up episodes because self-taping is, it is the world that we live in. It is the world that we work in. It is really how auditions begin these days, uh, certainly as a first step towards getting the part. If you have a question that you would like me to answer in a future episode or any topic that you would like me to cover, please send an email to jenrudencasting at gmail.com and I promise that we will answer your questions and also uh, think about future episodes where we can answer even more questions. So that's jenrudencasting at gmail.com or you can go to jenrudencasting.com and send a note through the website. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I love, love, love doing it. And if you love it as much as I love producing it, please consider um, sponsoring us or uh, making a small contribution on the podcast page at jenrudencasting.com slash podcast. Any contribution will help towards all of our editing needs and other production costs. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe to Confessions of a Casting Director wherever you get your podcast fix. This is Jen Rudin. Have a great day, and I can't wait for our next episode. Thanks for listening.